One more time. Welcome to the True North Church podcast, where we gather to explore faith, find inspiration, and strengthen our spiritual connection. At True North, we exist to help people navigate through the oceans of life in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Each week, we'll dive into meaningful discussions, share uplifting stories, and delve into the teachings that guide our lives. Whether you're a longtime member or a first-time listener, we're grateful to have you join us on this journey. So, let's embark on this episode of Faith, Community, and Discovery together. Amen, amen. You know, this upcoming holiday is known as Thanksgiving. Uh, Today I want to talk about trigger happy, being trigger happy, being trigger happy, uh, you know, a Thanksgiving themed message. You know, most time, most churches and pastors, you know, encourage you to be grateful and I'll do a little bit of that. But this morning I want to talk about being trigger happy. And, uh, you know, we talked about before it was maybe a couple years ago, did a message on triggers. Does anybody remember that? Triggers, anytime I hear that word trigger, I think of my very first dog. He was, he was the goat. You know, he was a dog, but he was the goat. Cool little dog. His name was Trigger. And that dude was a trigger. <laughs> he was a trigger, had a trigger. But, you know, if you, if you, if you look up the definition of trigger in the verb uh, sense, it's to initiate or precipitate. Uh, not precipitate. Yeah. It's to initiate a chain of events, scientific reaction, or psychological process. It's to initiate a chain of events, a scientific reaction, or a psychological process. And a lot of times triggers come in the form of memories. They, they, they usually consist of memories or experiences or events. And these things, they spark intense emotions within our mind and heart. Amen? Amen. And sometimes it could be good emotions. Sometimes it could be bad emotions. You can see a person that you ain't seen in a few years and it can trigger a good emotion. Or you can see a person that you ain't seen since, you know, the last time you saw that person and it triggers a bad emotion. At the end of the day, triggers are triggering. And guess what? Around this time of year, the holidays are triggering. Amen? Amen. The holidays are triggering. Let me give you some examples. Not to step on anybody's toes, but I'm coming for your toes this morning. Examples of the holidays being triggering is a lot of times if, if there's been the death of a loved one, the death of a loved one and attempting to gather together at Thanksgiving, yet to remember certain family members are no longer here, that's triggering. Being geographically separated away from family or friends, and then you have to celebrate the holiday alone, that can be triggering, amen? amen. Unrealistic expectations for the holiday, that is triggering. Get, uh, uh, lack of finances, oh, here we go. Lack of finances to try to pull off a quote-unquote good Thanksgiving by Hollywood standards, that can be triggering, amen? amen. At the end of the day, the holidays can be triggering. And if, and if we're not careful, if we don't get a hold of it, if we don't, if we don't recognize where the triggers are, what will happen is it will cause you to spiral into a state of depression or even a state of loneliness. Amen. You know, it's, it's been reported that around the holidays, 36 percent of Americans say they suffer from serious loneliness. 36% of Americans say they suffer from serious loneliness. Look at somebody near you say, you're not the only one. 
See, the devil loves to make it feel like that we're the only one going through whatever it is that is triggering us. You're the only one that has experienced the loss of a loved one, and now you won't be able to celebrate this morning. You're the only one that's away from your family and friends. You're the only one that's away from your town you grew up in. You're the only one that don't have the money to buy this and buy that. You're the only one. But guess what? We're not the only one. Amen? Amen. This morning, I want to share some hope from the playbook. Somebody say the playbook. In Philippians chapter 4, if you have your playbook this morning, if not, we'll put it on the screen. But in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 8, Paul says this. He says, don't be pulled in different directions. Let's keep going. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflow and gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. Verse 8, keep your thoughts. Listen to this. Keep your thoughts. Somebody say, keep your thoughts. thoughts. Continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, or admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him. What? Always. Somebody say always. Always. So I love this because Paul said, don't be pulled in different directions. If you don't mind going back up to verse six for me. But Paul said, don't be pulled into different directions or worried about a thing. You know, anytime I see that phrase, I think of the song, don't you worry about a thing. Or one of my favorites growing up, ain't no need to worry what the night is going to bring. When's the last time you sung that over yourself? Well, he said, I don't really like the whining, so I don't like that song. When's the last time you reminded that it'll be all over in the morning? When's the last time you reminded that, yes, uh, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the what? Morning. Morning. You You need to start reminding yourself that seasons are what? Seasonal. I don't know if you knew this. Big, deep revelation. Seasons are seasonal. Amen. But Paul says, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. In other words, let no anxiety about anything distract you. Let no anxiety about anything distract you. See, the enemy wants to bring division because when we are divided, we're more likely to surrender our heart to fear rather than the Holy Spirit. See, when you're in a state of division, you're more likely to surrender your heart to your emotions. You're more likely to surrender your heart to your insecurities. You're more likely to believe the, the, the lies of the enemy. Amen? Amen. Watch this. Pastor Trey Van Camp, he says this. The cross of Christ defeated the devil's dominion, but it did not delete the devil's opinion. I'm going to say that again. The cross of Christ, it defeated the devil's dominion. But it did not delete his opinion. Yes, he is powerless. Yes, he is. He has no power. Yes, he has no strength. But at the end of the day, and yes, he has no right to authority to rule and reign on the earth. But at the end of the day, it did not delete his opinion. He's still going to try to chirp in your ear. He's still going to try to bring up all the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Y'all, y'all know what the shoulda, coulda, wouldas are? Shoulda did this, coulda did this. If I woulda did that, it woulda been this way. Should have could have did it. The cross of Christ, it defeated the devil's dominion, but it did not delete the devil's opinion. I pray somebody get that this morning. So number one, so this holiday, don't surrender your heart to fear, no matter what. 
no matter what happens this Thursday or leading up to this Thursday or even after this Thursday, do not surrender your heart to fear. Number two, every problem should be the Uber that transports you to prayer. We said a few weeks ago when we talked about how to pray and how to stand up on the word of God. Every problem, we said that night that, that, uh, that your, your problematic your, your, your problematic areas in your life, those should be prayer points. So when we have a problem, that should be the Uber. If you've ever taken an Uber, Uber is literally when you schedule through the app for a driver to come and pick you up and they transport you to the destination that you need to go to. The problems in your life, the stressors, the triggers, the naysayers, the opinions, the insecurities, they should be Ubers that transport you to pray. When the problem arises, instantly you should be like, okay, we got to pray about this. When worship was getting dry this morning, started praying in tongues. When things go on in our, in our, in our sphere, in our world, start praying. When things, when, things don't, when things aren't right on the job, start praying. When things aren't right in the marriage, start praying. When things aren't right with the kids, start praying. Talking to myself. When things ain't right with society, start praying. When things ain't right with the finances, start praying. When things ain't right with you staying committed to the plan that God has put you on, pray. Amen? Amen? Every problem needs to be an Uber that transports you to prayer. So whatever, whoever says what this, this, this holiday, because you know how it is when we gather around those and them and they and us. And problem, and, you know, and, and like we said earlier, but different triggers when, when you are reminded that certain loved ones aren't here and you can feel it rising up, drop to them knees and pray. Or, or, or better yet, say, hey, hey, excuse me, I need to go to the bathroom. And, and you close that door, you lock it, and you say, Father God, right now, you, you, you sense my heart. I mean, we sang it earlier, every part of my world. So he knows every part of your heart. David even said, Lord, investigate my heart, search my heart. So in those moments when you can feel it rising up, get away and say, okay, Lord, right now search this, 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 this emotional terror that I feel. Right now, Lord, I need, you to, I need you to get a hold of it, Lord, because I feel it getting a hold of me. I feel the bitterness getting a hold of me. I feel the sadness. I feel the depression. I feel the anger. I feel the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, Lord. I, I am triggered in this moment, and I need you to take a hold of the triggers. That's what he wants to do in your life. Not that he looks forward to you going through problems, but, he looks, but what he wants to do is to literally he is waiting for you to just say, hey, Lord, this what I feel, I, I give it right to you. Lord, I'm, I'm trading with you. Matthew 11, verses 28 and 29, literally, I'm trading you. I'm giving you my yoke of heaviness. I'm giving you my burden of heaviness, and I'm receiving your burden that is uh, easy and light. Amen? Amen? So number one, we said don't surrender your heart to fear. Two, every problem should be the Uber that transports you to prayer. And number three, saturate your request to God in gratitude. That's what Paul said. He said that, that literally be saturated in prayer throughout each and every day, offering your faithful requests before God in overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. So saturate those prayers in gratitude. Lindsay, how do I saturate my prayer in gratitude? Instead of giving him your wish list, first start off with, Lord, thank you so much for the breath of my body. Lord, I know I only got this much money in the account, but Lord, can I just, right now, can I just thank you for the roof over my head? In fact, if you got to sing, uh, begin to sing a song, 
sing a song of thankfulness. Growing up, we used to sing several songs. There's sometimes where I'll just be like, thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you. I just want take a little time right now and say thank you, Lord. And now, if you're me, I play I play all the entrance in my head. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done for me. I get into it until the point that joy is rising up and depression is going down. To the point that joy is rising up and bitterness is going down. The point that joy is rising up, peace is rising up, and regret is going down. Amen. Saturate your request to God in gratitude. Just because you might face opposition and spiritual attacks, it's not a reason to avoid Thanksgiving, and it's definitely not a reason to avoid gathering with family and friends. You will be triggered this holiday. You will be triggered going to work. You will be triggered leaving here. You will be triggered sitting in this room. But just because we are triggered doesn't mean that we go, that we just seclude ourselves and avoid all triggers. But ultimately, you got to think about it this way. A trigger is an opportunity for you to grow. It is an opportunity for you to grow. It's an opportunity for you to see where there's still some hurt and for you to identify it and say, hey, Lord, this is still going on. This is something that I need to surrender to you. Have you ever thought about the, 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 what all the different type of garden tools are? Now, y'all know me. I'm not a planter. I'm not a farmer. I'm not a gardener. I'm a talk about her. I'll talk about the garden. I'll talk about farming. I can identify what, uh, when it's time to, to, to get when farmers are uh, harvesting soybeans by the smell of it. I'm very proud of that. But I have no, like, actual, like, just ah, go out there and get my, no, that's, that's not me. Granny would go pick collard greens and all that and when I was a kid, and I stay in the Blue Dynasty. I was not about that. But if you've ever thought about the garden tools, you know, garden tools, when you, you go to Walmart to, to the garden section and you want some tools to, to go and plant your garden, you're not going to find pillows in a garden tool section. You're not going to find soft pillows. You're not going to find milk, and you're definitely not going to find honey. You ain't going to find anything that's comfortable. What you're going to find, uh, garden tools, are, are tools like rakes and shovels, pruning scissors, stinky fertilizer, all these different things, a.k.a. agitators. See, garden tools, they're, they're agitators. Why are they agitators? Because they're sharp and they're pointy and they're rough-edged and, and, they, and, they, and you know, they, they disrupt, they break up things. They're agitators. And see, without these agitators, the, the cool thing about these agitators, what they do is, you know, um, uh, the, with, without, the, without the sharpness of all these different types of garden tools, root structure can't grow deep. See, without an agitator for the garden, the root structure, it can't grow deep. Oxygen and water and nutrients, they won't be able to consistently get down to the bottom of the roots. And, and without an agitator, weeds will overtake the garden. Without an agitator, all these different things will happen. Well, guess what, family? Guess what? Say some, somebody say, guess what? You must allow adversity to be your garden tools. You must allow those triggers to be your garden tools. You must allow all the ops. You must allow all the naysayers. You must allow all the opinions from your family that you don't talk to, but then you see and they bring everything back to the fore. You got to allow all those different things to be the wheelbarrow, to be the rake, to be the shovels, to be the pruning scissors. You must allow adversity to be the garden tools that enable you to be planted deeper in Jesus and grow deep roots in him. Amen. 
you got to look at all those different things that people throw at you and be like, no, 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 oh, oh no, I, I'm not going to get offended. That, that's pruning scissors. That, that, I'm not going to get offended. That, that's, that's, that's a rake. That, I'm not going to get offended. This is an opportunity for me to grow deeper, to, for my roots to grow deeper in Christ. Amen? Amen? Now, there is a difference between the garden tools in the hands of our heavenly farmer and the chaos of the roaring lion. See, Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9, he says this in verse 8. He says, be sober-minded, be alert. Stay ready, you never got to what? Get ready. Be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. Resist him, firm in the faith, knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. So I don't know if you know this, but a roaring lion, a roaring lion is a lion that's pretty much on his last leg. He's, 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 he's old. He lacks strength. He lacks the speed to, to go out and catch your prey. So what, but, 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 what the, but the one thing that he still has is his roar. And scientists have proven that the reason that the lion is the king of the jungle is not because it's the fastest, because you got the cheetah. You know, not because it's the not because it's the strongest, because you got the elephant and the hippo. And, you know, you know, I don't, a lot of people we sleep on hippos, but hippos, them jokers are strong. Cohen can say hippo now. I don't know if you knew that. But them, they're, they're strong. And it's not because it's the strongest. It's not because it's the, the quickest or the most cunning, because you look at a gazelle, how it can cut like a wide receiver and a running back. It's not a lion doesn't have those features. But the roar of a lion, scientists have proven that the roar of a lion, it's so thunderous and so intimidated that it causes the prey to literally freeze in their tracks. It causes them to forget who they are and their abilities long enough for the lion to pow, have a good old meal. And a, and a roaring lion, he still has his roar, but he doesn't have anything else. And Peter, he, just, he, he describes the devil as a roaring lion. Uh, he describes him as someone that is defeated, but he can still talk like he's got something going on. And see, understand this, you know, the devil's so powerless like a roaring lion that he can't overtake a strong Christian. Instead, he searches for someone weak and drenched in doubt, fear and insecurity. And that type of person, that's who he will devour. That's the type of person. That, so, so Peter said that we have to be sober-minded, be alert, because our adversary, the devil, is prowling around. I like the fact that he said our adversary, the devil. He didn't say your adversary, your boss. He did not say your adversary, your old boss on your old job. We all got that. He didn't say your adversary, that one coworker. He didn't say your adversary, your in-laws, or that one person that live across the street, or, the, or this or that, or the, the, the person that works at Walmart that Lord, you just try to avoid every time. No, he said your adversary, your number one foe, your only adversary is the devil. Well, Lindsay, you don't know what so-and-so said about me. You don't know what they did. I'm, yes, I don't know, but Paul or Peter said that our adversary is not them. In fact, Paul said that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. We wrestle with principalities and, and spiritual rulers and, and the spiritual darkness. So your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion. He has no power. You know, when I think about this, I think about the Lion King. When I was a kid, I remember mom and dad taking me to see the Lion King at the Princess Theater. And I remember seeing Scar 
You know, the, the, the way the movie painted him, you just knew he was a bad dude. And not like, oh, bad, shut your, no, he was like the bad guy. You knew he was different. But Scar was a roaring lion. Because Mufasa, Mufasa was who? I mean, like, that, I mean, just, there was, there's, there's just power in his name when you said Mufasa, you know. He fell out the hyenas, ooh, Mufasa, 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 you know. And uh, he's still one of my favorites, and I think one of the reasons is because they had James Earl Jones being the voice of him. I mean, you can't, you can't do nothing bad, you know, with James Earl Jones being the voice. But, you know, uh, Scar, he's the roaring line, and he's weak, he's in a weaker state. But he's still, with his words, he's still able to trick and deceive. And the, dev the devil's still able to trick and deceive with his words. That's what he does. And I love this because Peter, he, uh, he, he, he tells us this, and then he gives us one instruction. Not a five-step process, not a five-step tutorial. No, he says the devil's looking for people that he can devour because he's like a roaring lion. Let me tell you the one thing to do. You ready? You know what he says? Verse 9, he says, resist him. Amen. What? Oh, no, uh, Peter, you must be mistaken. No, he's, he's like a roaring lion. He's still got that. He's still got the cunning words, and he's still able to trick and deceive, and he's still able to manipulate. He's still able to throw all the shoulda, coulda, wouldas at us and make it feel like we shoulda did this and all this. He's still able to bring about those triggers. He still can get trigger happy with his words, and you're saying I'm supposed to resist him? How am I supposed to resist him? Well, I'm so glad you asked. You ready? We resist the devil through prayer and God's word. Amen. The reason why is because in us, is we're not strong enough. In our own flesh, in our own strength, we are not strong enough to resist the temptations of the devil. But in our dependency in Jesus, we can resist Satan. Amen? Amen. So let me give you some offensive plays for when Satan triggers you this holiday. Are you ready? Number one, identify your toxic thoughts and feelings. Ask yourself, where is the enemy roaring in your life? Number one, identify those toxic thoughts and feelings. Ask yourself, where is the enemy roaring in my life? Where is the roaring lion just spouting off? Where is he doing this in my life? You got to identify it. Where is he wreaking havoc? Where am I anxious and fearful? Where am I nervous about? Number two, the second one is, to you, once you've identified it, you replace those toxic thoughts with God's thoughts. You replace those toxic thoughts with God's thoughts. Whenever you realize that you're triggered, start looking up Bible verses. Whether it's through the Bible app, the YouVersion Bible app. I don't know if you've seen, but the church is on there. It's a free Bible app, and if you don't have that, if you don't have the Bible, you can Google. Literally, there's sometimes where I'll put in a topic and I'll Google, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say scriptures about this. So if you're going to do depression and you don't feel like going through the Bible app and you're like, I, 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 need, some quick, I need some quick offensive plays, go to Google and type in Bible scriptures, Bible verses on depression. But number one, we said identify those thoughts of thoughts. Number two, replace those thoughts of thoughts with God's thoughts. Lindsay, what are God's thoughts? You look into the word and see what he says about whatever it is that you're going through. Amen. Listen, Pastor Derwin Gray, he says this. I love it. The scene of the crime is your mind. Ooh, the scene of the crime is your mind. That's why we want to be renewed 
in our mind. That's why we want to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Amen. The scene of the crime is in your mind. Where the devil starts first is right here. And if he can get you all unraveled up here, and the next thing you know, you'll walk a life of based off of what you, this distortion that you see up here. Amen. Somebody say the scene of the crime is your mind. A lot of times when, when, there's a, when there's a mass murder that happens, they bring in, I don't know if you've ever seen the documentaries or even the different shows that are based off of it, but one of the things they like to, they like to show you is the, uh, the narrative they like to show you is what psychologically, what was the psychological state of this person? Why? Because they knew that before he was able to do all this, first he had to have, there had to have been a trigger in his mind or triggering her mind. There's the, it starts, the scene of the crime for you doing whatever it is you do, it, it starts right up here. Amen. Number three, boldly declare who you are in God. You got to boldly declare who you are in God. It's one thing, watch this, it's one thing to know you're triggered. It's another thing to take the roar away from the enemy. Mm. It's one thing to know that you're triggered, because, yes, we said you got to identify the triggers. It's one thing to know the trigger, but it's another thing to be able to rob, to take the roar away from the roaring lion. That's when you know you're walking with the power of God. That's when you know you're walking right, when, you, when, the, when the devil can trigger, when he can remind you of all these different things, and you can feel these emotions rising up, but instantly you, no, 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 I, hey, I recognize this. No, hold on, we're going to... Verses about depression, verses about suicidal thoughts, verses about whatever it is that you're going through. And you're looking at them, instantly you start to declare those. You start to preach to yourself. One of the sermons I never got to preach that I wrote years ago was the, the Holy Spirit preaches a sermon to every individual. And it's, it's from the pulpit of our hearts. The Holy Spirit's pulpit is your heart, and that's where he gets to remind who you are in Jesus. Amen. But it's, you know, like I said, it's, it's one thing to know that you're triggered, but it's also a greater thing to be able to, 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 be able to, to, to take the roar away from the roaring lion. So how do we do that? We, de- we speak verses. We declare verses over ourselves. Example is Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against you will prosper. If you keep on going, no weapon formed against you prosper. Every tongue that rises up against thee shall be condemned. For what? This is the heritage Thus saith the Lord, and the righteousness is of me, thus saith the Lord. Another one is Romans chapter 8, verse 31. If God be for me, who can be against me? When the roaring lion is roaring in your life, especially this holiday, whether it's through being triggered and remembering that loss of loved ones, or whether it's triggered thinking that you're going to have to celebrate alone or not having the finances for it, remind yourself that my God will meet all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, Philippians 4.19. God, you are my vine, I am the branch, or I am the branch, and you are my source, according to John 15. God, you take my sin and cast it as far as the east is from the west, according to Psalms 103.12. Because you're going to get around people that are going to remind you, hey, hey, man, you remember when, you remember when the happened. And instantly you start to go down that rabbit hole. Well, Lord, I, I, I still kind of struggle with that every now and then. No, 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 no. The word of God says that God takes my sin and casts it as far as the east is from the west. You know how far the east is from the west? You can't measure it. It's immeasurable. That means that your sin is unretra- it's, it's untraceable. 
can't retract it, can't, can't pull the receipts out. The devil's going to try to make you see, make it feel like, oh, the receipts are still there. They're just on a different server. No. It's been cast as far as the east is from the west. You remember my sin no more. Guilt and shame is gone, according to Hebrews chapter 8, 12. Listen, you got to remember the enemy is a roaring lion, powerless, and what he uses to trigger you, those same triggers tremble at the name of Jesus. What the devil uses to, to trigger you, those same things tremble at the name of Jesus. Tremble at the name of Jesus. In fact, they bow to the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, the author of Hebrews says this. He says, as for us, we have, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound. Somebody say wound. Let go of every wound that has pierced us. You got to let it go. When the devil tries to bring it up, you got to let it go. Amen. You got to refuse the temptation to grab a hold of it. Well, Lindsay, you don't understand my family. I mean, they, they, they mean good and they mean good in their heart. And yes, they may mean good in their heart. Lindsay, you don't understand my, my, my old friends. They mean good. They, their intentions are good. But does it line up with the, the, the race that God has called you to run? Let me, let me continue. Let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. For the path has been already marked out before us. We look away from the natural rim and we focus our attention and expectation onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. Let me close with this. So you got to understand the book of Hebrews. It was written to Christians who were who were former uh, who were former followers of the of the Judistic uh, religion. There we go. But the book of Hebrews, it was written to people who were being persecuted. And they weren't being persecuted for things that you would think of. They were being persecuted because they had forsaken Judaism for Jesus. They had forsaken Judaism for Jesus. And they were facing opposition. The author of Hebrews, he writes to them uh, uh, an encouraging letter. Because one, he was afraid that they, because they were facing persecution, because they were going through the trials and tribulations, that they will see their old life and be tempted to go back to their old life. And see, the same can be said about us. Especially when this holiday comes up, especially when you get around the old friends, especially when you get around the old gang, especially when you get around all these different old spaces. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you need to forsake gathering amongst family and friends. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you got to understand this. Hey, I'm not just going in there blind. I'm going in there ready. And see, the author of Hebrews, he writes this book because he's afraid that they're going to be tempted to go back to their old life. The same can be said about us that when we get around the old spaces, we're tempted. Man, you know, the grass, the, you, you, the good old days. I remember when we went, 
this last time when we was back in Virginia, and I, I was said to one of my best friends, and I said, hey, man, the, isn't it crazy that you can, you, the, the, you can get back into the old spaces? You can go back to the old times. You can go back to the old days and be tempted to only remember the good old days. I heard an agnostic say the problem is the good old days weren't just good old days. We just forget the bad days and the good old days. But it's so easy for us to get around and be the, the old friends or the old environment and be tempted to return to the old life. However, if God wanted you in the old life, he would have kept you in the old life. If God wanted you in the old spaces, he would have kept you in the old spaces. But watch this, this new life in Christ that you now live, it is like a race. Not a sprint, but a marathon. Not a sprint, but a marathon. See, a marathon, it takes time. I remember we, we, would, do, uh, we would do May Day in elementary schools. Known, some other people call it Field Day, but we do May Day. And I love the sprint. I love the 50-yard dash. love the 100-yard dash. I, I would kill at those, boom, race over. But when it came time for the marathon, I didn't want to do the marathon. And the teacher was the one that would select the students for the marathon. The teacher always put me in the, all right, Lindsay, you and all these others, you know, four others. We had to do the marathon. I didn't like doing the marathon because the marathon, you had to run around the whole track. And if you drive by K with that whole track, imagine a little eight-year-old, nine-year-old, ten-year-old running around that whole track. I felt like it was all day. Like, oh. And, you know, you, they, they put everybody in different positions around the track. And, they're, they're, and I, I can't remember what they used to, to, uh, to you know, start the track. They didn't use a little pew-pew gun. They used something else. But, you know, they, they, once, the, once the race started, the first person, he's taking off with the baton. And if you've ever looked at the boys, looked at Kellen, Keenan, Cohen, then you know what I was like, sitting on the other end of the track just waiting. <sighs> I'd be looking at because the, the road goes right by Kaywood, so I'd be looking at the road just hoping to see maybe a dad got off work and I can motion for him to come check me out. Or if mom just happened to go by to get lunch, or if granny was on her one of many escapades running around town, I'd be see if I could see the Blue Dynasty and just be like, come get this. And nobody, uh, never failed, nobody ever drove by the school when I wanted them to drive by. But in the marathon, I had to sit and wait and wait and wait. So that's one of the things about this race that you're on. There's, there's going to be a level of waiting involved. And you have to be okay with waiting on the Lord. But I love this because the author in Hebrews, he compares our Christian life to a race. And then he says that we must, we must remove every weight. Now I'm going to tell you all something. I don't want you to get too gross out. But back in these times, when the Greeks, when they would do the big old marathons, when they would do the races... They would actually race naked. And the reason that they would race naked because they believed that, watch this, they believed that, 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 the, that the, the, every weight, they believed that the clothes that they wore were so heavy that they didn't want anything weighing them down from finishing first. Now, we would never do that. But the mindset of that is something that you can actually take and run with. Because some weights in our life look like material possessions. Some weights in your life may look like family ties. Some weights in your life may look like the love of comfort and lack of mobility. But weights are things that may be harmless in themselves yet hinder progress. That's what a weight really is. Something that may appear harmless, but in the end it's hindering your progress. 
It's holding you up. It's slowing you down. It's keeping you from running the race that God has set before you. It's keeping you from being faithful to what God has told you to do. It's keeping you from keeping your head up when God has told you, keep your head up. You are the chosen God. You're the head and not the tail. It's, it's, it's hindering you from trusting God fully. Amen. And we as Jesus followers, we had to lay aside every weight. Or like the word says, we must lay, lay aside the sin that so easily ensnares us. Now that sin can come in many forms. But most theologians believe that this author is talking about the sin of unbelief. The lack of trusting God. The doubts that we give into, The doubts and the fears that we surrender our hearts to. Let me give you a spoiler alert. This week you will be triggered multiple times. You will be triggered multiple times. I'm going to say that again. You will be triggered multiple times. But family, let me tell you this. You have to be prepared to press through with perseverance. Amen. You have to be prepared to press through with perseverance. You've got to press through. you got to press through. you got to press through. Somebody say, i got to press through. And even when you don't feel like you, you can press through, what if I'm not strong enough to press through? Good thing is you don't have to be strong enough. You just have to know the one who is, and his name is Jesus. So when those emotions rise up, run to Jesus. Sprint to Jesus. Don't walk, sprint. Don't, 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 don't. When the emotions rise up, don't pull out the phone and start scrolling social media. No, pull out the phone and start scrolling through the scriptures until you find one that, that you can wrap your heart around. When the emotions rise up, don't pull out your phone and feel like, okay, who am I going to text? Who can I call? Girl, you won't believe what they do. Or, man, you won't believe what they're saying. No, no, no. Look, let, let, me, let me pull out the Bible app. What, what's, that, what's that Bible app Pastor Lindsay said about? Or, you know, forget that. Let me Google scriptures that deal with what I'm going through right now. And let me find where it says in the Word of God that no weapon for and against me shall prosper. Let me find in the Word of God where it says that he's going to meet all my needs, even if I don't have the big Thanksgiving spread like you see on TV. Let me find in the word of God where it says that if God be for me, who can be against me? No matter what, everybody else reminds me of my past. Remember, you are in a race. And see, the thing about when I would, when I would be in that marathon, the thing about it is you, you, you had to keep looking forward. You couldn't, you couldn't be running and look to the side because your body, watch this, your body is not is not developed and trained and, and designed to run a straight line with you looking to the left or to the right. Your body's not designed to do that. A horse is not designed to run straight while looking to the left or the right. That's why they put blinders on the horse. So it had tunnel vision and look straight. Some of y'all may need some spiritual blinders this upcoming holiday to where you can just have a tunnel vision to know that, okay, I'm going into this I'm going into this family gathering on a mission. Because we said it last week that every relationship, it's not just relational, but it's also missional. You are on assignment from the God of all heaven and earth, which is to reflect his glory, to bear his image at the family gathering, at the family table, in front of your kids, in front of your loved ones, in front of your coworkers, in front of your friends, in front of strangers, in front of your boss, in front of anybody and everybody that you come in contact with. This Thanksgiving, it's not just relational, but it's missional. 
but don't be deceived to think that the, the devil's going to give you a pass because it's a holiday. He don't. Your insecurities won't give you a pass because it's a holiday. But that's okay because at the end of the day, you are surrounded by a great out of witnesses cheering you on to stay the course, cheering you on to run the race, cheering you on to have that tunnel vision to where you are going to go to the table and reflect the glory of God. Not saying you got to go preach a five-point sermon, but when the political debates come up, you don't, you don't intertwine within those. When the fussing and the hollering and the, and the language gets explicit, you don't, you don't inter, intertwine within those. But in fact, you, you go on the offense and you jump in the middle and you point the narrative back towards Christ. Man, can you believe the political landscape right now? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. Well, what, what are you? Well, I, 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 I'm a son or I'm a daughter of God. And that's, that's, the only, that's the only party I subscribe to. In fact, that party is so grand that every time somebody joins it, every time somebody joins the family, there's a, there's a party that is spread about in heaven. That's the party that I'm, I'm I subscribe to the Lamb. Oh, no, oh, 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 I don't know about that. Well, what do you don't know? Let me, what, tell me what you don't know, and I, maybe I can help answer what you don't know. Maybe, in fact, hey, guess what? My, my pastor told me about this Bible app. Let's look and see. Versus scrolling to CNN, versus scrolling the news, versus scrolling all these different things. Remember, you are in a race. So therefore, you got to look away from every other object and keep your eyes stayed on Jesus. Amen. When I was a kid, we used to sing this song, keep my eyes stayed on Jesus. I encourage you, make that, make that uh, your theme this week to where you are staying on Jesus. Staying on Jesus. And when you can't, when you have trouble staying on Jesus, pull out the playbook. If you didn't pick it up, the playbook is the word of God. Pull out the playbook and look and see what it says. Okay. Holy, and in fact, just say a prayer. Holy Spirit, remind me, if, even if you're not able to pull it out. Holy Spirit, remind me what, what, what the Father says about me. Remind me who I am in Christ. We didn't sing it to, this morning, but there's a song we sung before that I am who you say I am. It can't be true unless God is saying things about you, which you are, which, which is you are the head and not the tail, or you are the beloved of God. You are the one, you are the apple of his eye. Holy Spirit, remind me what you say about me because you hear what they're all saying about me. You, you, Lord, you see what being in this, in this environment, what it's, what it's reminding me of, Lord. Remind me of what you say about me. Remind me of what you did on the cross for me. Remind me that you freed me and you delivered me. Remind me, Lord, that you've given these kids to me as a blessing. Remind me, Lord, that you've given this job as a way to, uh, to provide all the different things that I need. Remind me, Jesus. Remind me, remind me, remind me. Remind me. Lord, don't let me get trigger happy this holiday. Lord, don't let us get trigger happy this holiday. Lord, don't let us get overwhelmed with all the attacks of the enemy. Lord, don't let us get sucked into the epidemic of loneliness, God. But when we find ourselves grieving, Holy Spirit, wrap your arms around us, Lord. 
Why? Because what, what we're saying is true, Lord. Every part of our world, Lord, it belongs to you, Jesus. You can have it all, God. Lord, take our hearts, Jesus, and breathe into our hearts, Lord. Renew our hearts and renew our minds, Lord. Transform it, Jesus. Our hearts belong to you, Lord. Our hearts belong to you, Lord. I bind loneliness, Jesus. I bind every attack, mental and spiritually, right now. Past, present, and future. Every seed that's been sown, Lord, or every seed that the devil's going to try to sow. Every dark seed, God, right now. Holy Spirit, I thank you for you, you in us blocking it, God. Lord, you mean so much more to us, though. Lord, we wouldn't trade anything that you've done in our lives. We wouldn't trade the transformative word that you've done. We wouldn't trade your presence, Lord, for the old life, for the old ways, for who we used to be before the cross. Before, before, uh, before you know, we wouldn't trade who we used to be before you, you brought us out of that grave, before you called us out of the grave and gave us new life. Lord, we wouldn't trade who we used to be for who you have made us to be, who, are you, who you are perfecting us to be every day and every hour, Lord. The glory to glory to glory transformative work that you are doing in our lives, Jesus. We would not trade that. We love you, Jesus. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to the True North Church podcast. If you're not already following us on social, check out our website at truenorth731.com to find direct links to our pages. Also, if you would like to contribute to the work we are trying to do, you can click the safe and secure giving link and follow the prompts. Thank you for helping us build and strengthen our community. Until next time, have a great day.